Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your book. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Well, hello, everyone. February 16th, 2017. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio. If you're a first-time listener, um, every week on Book Journeys Radio, we speak to accomplished authors who've gone from just having an idea to a finished book and who are out making a difference with that message in the world. Our goal for this show is for you to walk away inspired and motivated to write your book, whether it's your first or your third. And today's author is extremely motivating. Her name is Sarah Blanchard. She's a life coach and a mom, and she wrote a book entitled Flex Mom, The Secrets of Happy Stay-at-Home Moms. I can't wait to figure out um, how we can actually be happier staying at home (laughs) by talking to Sarah. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, I always begin our interviews with just a little snippet from you for our listeners uh, on who is your book for and what is it about? The book is for, ideally, moms who aren't the effortless moms who can manage to do it all because I was never one of those moms. It's the mom who is a well-educated, former career person, you know, who wants to do right by their families and themselves, who's having a hard time stuck in the hamster wheel of raising small children and who wants Mm. to find a better way for themselves to enjoy this time. Where was your book 10 years ago when I first quit work and decided to stay home? (laughs) You know, where was the book when I was staying at home? And why did it take me so darn long to figure it out? Exactly. Well, and so that that leads us to a good question. How did you end up picking this as a topic to write about? You know, it's a great question. I have no – well, I do have an idea. But I think it was an interesting process starting to come up with a book. I knew when I – basically when my kids were going back to school, like they were finally old enough to go to school full time that I was ready to do something more. And my background has been in life coaching and I've always, and positive psychology, mind, body, wellness, and I've always loved working with women. And so when I first thought about writing a book, I was like, well, you know, the latest thing that my friends and I are thinking about are like the technology usage that we use and our kids use. And then I started thinking about maybe cyberbullying is a topic. Like there's so many topics around, you know, how to do child rearing well and things that'll help moms. So we're going in circles, figuring out what I wanted to do. And Angela, the, of the author incubator sort of pushed back and said, well, what's your expertise in this? And I kind of went, ah, right. Like, I don't know. Like, I just think I could research it and do it really well. And then she pushed me a little bit more on like, well, what's your experience? What's your expertise? And I kind of, in a moment of like, I don't freaking know, came up with, if I had to write a book right now, it would be why staying at home sucks. What I would have done differently when my children were little. And after much conversation, that really morphed into this idea of 
there is a different way to do motherhood and there is a way for us to be happy and take care of ourselves even while we really, you know, provide the nurturing and the care for our children. Right. So how do we do that? (laughs) Give it to me in a nutshell. (laughs) In a nutshell, it really is creating the space and the structure in your life to not just take care of your own basic needs, you know, making sure you're eating and exercising and getting in sleep and that sort of stuff. Right. We hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You hear it, and it's kind of like, you know, the ice cream isn't great for you, but you're going to eat that over the vegetables? Probably, right? Like, just because you know it doesn't mean you're doing it. And so it's really creating new habits to take care of yourself first. And then I think the crux of it is above and beyond taking care of yourself, find a goal for yourself outside of the walls of your home. Like, figure Mm. out what it is that you stand for and give yourself space to fill that part of your life because you get so much energy when you're jazzed about what you're doing and contributing to the world that, like, your family will sense it and you will still bring that energy back into doing that hamster wheel of stuff that we all have to do when we raise small kids. Right. Wow, that just gave me goosebumps listening to you say that because – I feel like right now, in particular, in our current sort of political environment, it's so important for us to think about what we stand for. And it doesn't have to be, you know, politics or that you're going to go, you know, to the Women's March or do whatever. But, you know, who are we as people and what is really important to us? Absolutely. I think it's easy to forget that when you become a parent, especially for – people, you know, because you're like, I've got to give it all to my children. I want my children to have an even better life than I've had. And you want to do everything right. for them and you forget about yourself. Yeah, I think it's super easy to forget about <laughs> yourself. Right. And then after a while, you for, kind of forget, at least this happened to me, I sort of forgot who I was outside of being a mom. Yes, Absolutely. You know, and then it took time for me to kind of figure out, like, what – because you do change. Like, motherhood does change you. And, you know, it took me some time to figure out basically who who I wanted to be, I guess, when I grew up. Yeah, oh, totally, right? (laughs) And it's fun to explore that, though, because, you know, you realize actually it's not all set in stone. And I think I just wrote something – um, in response to a question I received about this. And it was like, let's just assume for a moment that we are actually still human. And let's assume <laughs> that our value to society doesn't diminish when we stop bearing children. Like we actually have even more to contribute as women. And our value can go up, not, you know, doesn't have to go down. It doesn't have to be like, hey, you had your kids, you're done now. Like those wise grandmothers, let's be those people who stand for something and can right. be these powerful you know, lights in the world. Oh, I love that. So, you know, you you speak about this with such passion, but was it easy to write about it? Because it's kind of a personal the, experience, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. The first drafts of the book, I think, came out a lot. A lot of the ugly came out. The realities <laughs> of like the, the hurt that I had experienced, the resentment, oh. the you know, the things that you sort of go through when you lose yourself a bit. Right. And that tone of voice came out. And then I was able to, like, heal it in some ways. So that was an interesting journey writing it. And then you kind of change the tone. You're like, actually, it is a lot more hopeful. Like, once you own the the yucky stuff, 
and the stuff right. that you're not proud of and, and the experiences that you've had, you can really step into this sort of future version of yourself, the, what you want to be when you grow up and how you want to show up to the world in a much better way. So that book writing process was actually very cathartic too. Oh, I love that. I love that you were able to sort of, so, in, you know, you already knew your topic, but you, I guess, grew into it as you were writing about it. Is that what I'm hearing? I think so. I mean, I, I interviewed a lot of other women who unknowingly were doing this flex mom role, this third model of motherhood, right, between sort of stay-at-home mom and working mom, they were living life like that. They were more flexible in their mindset. They weren't so rigid about, like, I am a stay-at-home mother. In fact, a lot of them didn't consider themselves that because even though they were doing all the same things, because they had this outside passion, they, they thought of themselves as this, there's no name for it, but I just do my thing kind of thing. Right. And so using them as sort of role models, I was able to really shed the last bit of stuff that was holding me into that role as a stay-at-home mom and step into this new one. You know, I, I love this story, Sarah, because it I think it lets people know who haven't written a book yet but have that desire deep in their heart. I think sometimes we wait to write until we have 100% of the answers. And your tale is saying that you didn't have 100% of the answers. You discovered them as you were writing and, and even began to create you know, in that process. And I love that. I think that's such an important message to share with people. I agree. I mean, it's hard because you there's a lot of people, especially, you know, people who want to do well in the world, you sort of that, what is it called, imposter syndrome? Isn't that like, yeah. where you sort of like, <laughs> right? Like, who am I to be doing this? Am I not, when, but, you know, am I really good enough? Is this good enough? And you realize we're all still human and we're all always going to be changing. And even people who are experts in the field who've done it for a long time, you know, have that same feeling of question. Like, am am I doing this exactly the way it's supposed to be? So realizing that we're all on this journey, you know, Obviously, I, I'm much better having written this book versus a book on cyberbullying, for sure. I do have more <laughs> of the experience and expertise in this realm. And right. I have the words and the science of the positive psych and all these things to put behind it. But it is still a process. And we're all still working through it together and figuring it out as we go along. Because especially in motherhood, I mean, it's the same thing in motherhood and, and in parenthood. You know, just as you think you figured something out with the kids, like they go on to the next stage. And then you have to figure it all out again. So, oh, girl, like we won't even get <laughs> we won't even get started on that. You are so right. <laughs> I have a ten year old and an almost seven year old, and I swear every day is slightly different. It just is enough to send me off a cliff on some days. <laughs> and oh, I think I almost all moms. <laughs> I think almost all moms feel that way. But what? what where does the term flex mom come from? Uh, it's a made-up term. My girlfriend and I were chatting about this, and she was one of these people who was living in a life as a flex mom without knowing it. And she um, and I discussed this idea. In, in fact, it's Kim, who I mentioned in the book. But she and I were having this conversation around why has parenting and motherhood so far been dictated by where we are? Like, you're either at home or you're at work, and aren't we mothers no matter where in the world we are? Like, I don't know, I could be flying to the other side of the country or the world, and I'm still a mother. Good point. And so she, amazingly creative, her family is 
like super creative and intelligent and amazing. And she has a whiteboard and she insisted I had to go to Costco after this exercise and buy myself a whiteboard. But on her whiteboard, she started brainstorming. What is this in between? Like, what is this mindset? What do we call it? And we started just throwing words out there and seeing what stuck. And, you know, things like dynamom and like, these in-between words kept coming up, and I said I would feel like a schmuck. I would never call myself a dynamom, but a dynamom, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That was not going to work. But flex mom really felt like something. It, you know, it encompasses this idea of flexibility, which is really yes. what it is. You're not one or the other. You're really in this zone that you're creating for yourself and constantly checking in with your own gut and figuring out what the right answer is as you go, and it just it fits. I love that. And and I I think listening to you talk about it, it's not just for stay-at-home moms. I mean, it it's like you said, it's for all people who are mothers, whether they're, you know, dog mothers or human mothers or adoptive mothers or I mean, I I think all of us who mother someone or something share these traits where we forget about ourselves and what what we want, the impact we want to make on the world beyond raising our kids or pets. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I've gotten feedback from people who are working parents and I've actually just spoken to a fur, fur mommy, fur baby mommy, and, and also an adoptive mom. And it it absolutely applies to anybody who feels that they are in a position to nurture somebody else and also want to remember to nurture themselves. No, I love that. And so you said you've just talked to all these different people now, I think you're starting up like a beta program, so now is the time for people to get in with you, right? Totally. It is, yeah. I'm in the process of talking to people who want to have help going through this transition to have more space in their lives to figure out what it is that they want to contribute. And um, we're playing around with different program formats that will fit in the life of a busy mom. And we're launching it sometime in the next month. So, yeah, we're just in the process of having conversations. So if anybody wants to be in touch, uh, now is definitely the time. Excellent. And 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 just so you know, um, flex mom doesn't necessarily mean you have to have big biceps or, or triceps, right? You can be any <laughs> kind of mom. <laughs> on Facebook, there's a hashtag flex mom. And I was oh, like, no. yeah, no, no, we're not doing that one. We're going to do hashtag flex mom book. Because it is not about your muscles. Though, I mean, hey, it's exercise. Maybe we'll all get stronger. That's great. But that's not the intention here. That's not the goal. Um, well, and, and just to remind everyone that they can, you can find Sarah at flexmombook.com. So if you yeah. Google flexmom, um, you might come up with some pretty interesting <laughs> photos. But flexmombook.com is where you can find Sarah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's hilarious. So I want to kind of take you back a little bit to the writing process. How long did it take you from the start of your book to actually being published? I started writing. I actually started brainstorming when my daughter started school. The youngest one just entered kindergarten. So I started in September. And where are we? February. And it was just published, which is (laughs) amazing. That is Simply amazing. What was different about that process than you expected, other than it being much shorter? Yeah, obviously it was much shorter. It wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. You know, 
huh. people are like, oh, my gosh, you wrote a book, and it's such a big, big accomplishment. <laughs> and while I'm absolutely happy to celebrate it as an accomplishment, it doesn't feel like it was, like, I mean, it, it wasn't as bad as birthing a child, right? Like, yeah, birthing a right. book. But it was, like, it was actually amazing because of the way the author incubator structures its program to really nail you down at the very beginning makes you really question what your expertise in and the structure that she has in her program those first three to four weeks before you even start writing the opening line of your book were amazing like that was that part was painful that was very difficult it was soul searching there were definitely emotional nights of like (laughs) venting to my husband where I'm like I don't know what I'm doing Um, what have we done what have we signed up for (laughs) oh totally I'm like let's just get that nightcap hey shall we just have a drink and work it out but you know but a lot of other authors have said once they get through that phase that because you've spent so much time really fleshing out your ideas and you get such clarity that the writing part sort of flows. Did you find that yes, for yourself? So. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I've never, I never experienced writer's block. Um, wow. it, it was just sit down and, and get her done. So um, going That's through so that process made it amazing. Yeah, it was, it was really a good process. I was very pleased with it for sure. Did you just, you know, take each step as it came up, or did you spend some time kind of envisioning what your book would look like at the end? I I agonized and caused myself more angst by trying to jump ahead to that stage. Oh, yes, I like to hear that. But I like then, to hear that because, yeah, a lot of authors that we talk to, they talk about, you know, they have these really great visions and they can go back to the vision and, and really um, fuel themselves with that future vision. But I found when I was writing that if I tried to concentrate on that, it would send me in a complete tailspin. Yeah, I, that's sort of where I was because then it was these external expectations you know, there was there was one time I submitted uh, a writing sample, you know, like a couple of paragraphs, and I had had some of my um, old colleagues slash people I greatly admire slash, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, these amazing people who write these great academic pieces. Right. Their books. I had just referenced through them that morning, a couple of days leading into this particular writing session, and they were mm-hmm. sitting next to me, and I wrote, and Angela gave me feedback like, what happened to you? Like, where did your tone go? Who are you trying to be? And, like, give me Sarah back, oh, wow. basically. Because I had adopted this tone because I've been thinking, well, I want to impre- I want it to be like this. I, wanted to- I want to impress these people. I want to do that. Mm. So I had to continue to rein it back in and go true to my voice and be – it was a lot more internal work of, like, I am – I know I'm good at certain things. And let's just go back to my strengths and – like right. live in that space and not worry about the other stuff. Because if I do my work the way I'm meant to, it's going to be awesome. And I just needed to trust that. Oh, I love that. You know, one of the hallmarks of the Author Incubator Program, I'm sure you've heard this over and over again, but the listeners may not, is that the whole idea of writing a book should be a love letter to your ideal reader. And totally. so, yeah, what I'm hearing you say is that when you kind of forgot that, you know, that's what you were meant to be doing, which is writing a love letter, that it, it you veered off course. Absolutely, yeah. And it was amazing, you know, that, that 
image of writing that love letter was such a good one because you were I was able to come back to it every time and be like, oops, you know, and get called on right. it every time I, I strayed. She was really good at being like, you know, this is different. And you want your tone throughout the book to be consistent. Um, right. So it was really helpful for that from that perspective too. And that's the tone that I most resonate with. You know, when I was teaching positive psych or as a, as a teaching fellow, like as an assistant, and I was running sections, right. one of my biggest strengths that the kids, the students commented on was my ability to have one-on-one conversations, to care about each individual. Mm-hmm. And so it naturally spoke to my strengths to be able to come back to writing that love letter. Right, which is great because it made it easier for you once you kind of kicked into that mode. You're like, oh, right, that's the way I'm supposed to be doing it. Totally. It was a great process for sure. So that was all the writing process. What about the editing process? Was that tough for you? Not as much, actually. I was pleasantly surprised at my own reactions. You know, sometimes people can (laughs) criticize your work or give you feedback, and you're kind of like, no, it's really good the way it is. And I think because (laughs) you don't want to hear it, you don't want to hear the suggestions, or you bristle at any suggestion that you haven't done it right. And instead, whether it's the way that, my editor and then a good friend of mine who edits then does this sort of work on the side, she also took a look through it and gave me feedback. Oh, nice. But, and she was the one who, at the very beginning, made sure that my tone didn't stay in that negative, like, yucky tone, too. Uh, and brought me back to yeah. this one. But, you know, people, when people know you and know the intention that you're trying to get through, and I could sense with the editors that I was working with that that was their mission was to make sure that, it was consistent, it was good, and it was going to have an impact to the to the person who I wrote the love letter to. Right. And so it was a lot of high-level suggestions. I had expected a lot of nitty-gritty. But once we got the big picture dialed in, I was able to get feedback on the smaller stuff and realize that it was actually flowing pretty well. Ah, oh, which is which is a great feeling. Yeah. I mean, I kind of I kind of thought I was going to get a lot more feedback and suggestions for how to change it. But going back to like, well, when you know what you're writing, you can sort of deliver a decent enough product. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe, maybe we've hit that mark. Right. And what I I love about that is it means that you had reached that level where you were the expert. This was your topic. That's why it, you know, was going so smoothly. We did uh, at the castle, at the author castle, we did an exercise where it's like, OMG, but it's own my genius. Oh, I love that. that. (laughs) Right. And it's like, let's just step into that space for a minute and, like, live in all the possibility land that maybe we're all actually doing okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I think I had stepped into that into that space. So it was nice. It was really nice. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I didn't ask you, though, and I usually ask people this. I don't know why I forgot. But um, why a book? Like, you could just be out there, you know, running programs, you know, meeting moms, teaching them how to be flex moms. Why why'd you settle on a book? Well, it's a twofold answer. One, randomly, I happened to look back. This is after I'd already signed up for the program and was in the process of those agonizing first few weeks of deciding what I was <laughs> writing on and how to write it. Right, and the painful part. My, yes. <laughs> But I opened up my old coaching notebook from when I was when I took coach training and like just to just you know blast my brain with like potential fodder for what I might include in the book. Right. And um, in it, it had set ten year goals or like you know the, my lifelong goals or whatever. And in it was write a book. And I'm <gasps> like, well, this is just about ten years out from when I wrote those goals. I had no memory of having written it. 
Wow. And so I'm sure somewhere in my brain, like it was just meant to be at this time, the right time for me to write a book. Um, and it's something I've always, so I guess it's something I've always wanted to do. And I've always liked the idea of having a flexible platform. You know, you can write within yes. this flex mom life as well. And so right. having a place to really pull everything together uh, in, a, in a time frame that works for my life was awesome as well. Oh, I love that. What a great story. So it was almost like the universe drove you to to fulfilling that goal that you'd come up with 10 years ago. Right? I seriously was, <laughs> I was shocked. And I'm like, this is pretty cool. I guess this is supposed to happen. You're like, okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But, but also, as you said, going through the process really made me step into this role as a flex mom and work out a lot of the kinks. And it's still yeah. a work in progress as any anything is because as times change, as people change, the process does shift and grow. Right. Um, but it was nice to have a way to work through it. It was a good platform to, you know, use to solidify the idea and then think about what kind of program I'd launch on the back of it. It was, you know, a, a good stepping stone in the whole process of spreading this message of there's a way for us to be happy and good moms too. Oh, I love that. So your book just published recently, but has anything like super amazing happened since publishing that you couldn't have foreseen before you wrote the book? Something amazing. There have been so many amazing things. And I have to say (laughs) the coolest thing, though, and bringing it, and this is maybe my cheesiness, but my daughter wrote me, my eight-year-old daughter wrote me a letter that said, and I wish I had it in front of me, but it was something like, my mom is a flex mom. I'm so proud of you for having written the book. You've always looked for the light, even when things look dark. You're such a positive person, and who couldn't love someone like that? Oh, and I'm like, my goodness. <laughs> so if that, like, you know, I do flex mom for myself, but if it can have that kind of impact on my children and show them that it's okay to pursue your own happiness and right. strive for a goal and reach for it, I'm like, that's probably the coolest thing so far that is yeah that's that is by far the coolest i mean it's always wonderful to know that you're helping and reaching other adults but you know our goal as moms is to raise you know people that will actually contribute to society in a positive way <laughs> right right totally <laughs> and i'm like oh, this is this is a baby step like it was just so wonderful to have that wow acknowledgement and the openness of conversation and her awareness around it was it just blew me away so I was really oh I'm so jealous that's so awesome what a wonderful wonderful testament to the flex mom lifestyle and how how it's impacting your children and the people around you it's wonderful and I'm actually super sad because we're nearing the end of our time and I feel like I could keep talking to you for hours and hours But I want to remind our listeners before Blog Talk Radio completely cuts us off um, that they can find you at flexmombook.com, right? And where else can they find you? They can reach me via email at sarah at F-A-R-A at flexmombook.com. You can find me on Facebook with, um, you know, facebook.com backslash Sarah. Blanchard author. Awesome. And yeah, that's my main stuff. 
Yeah, and Amazon. Instagram. Go to Amazon right and now. Amazon. Yeah, buy the book. Yeah, download Flex oh, Mom. Exactly. Buy the book. Um, it it will apply to your life whether you are a mother or not. Um, the exactly. the topics that Sarah covers and and the the important message that she shares is one that's good for all of us, even though um, it's focused on moms. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was really fun chatting with you, Jen. Great. Well, we've got like one minute left, and so before we go, I always ask our authors, if you had like one piece of advice for someone who is sitting there listening to us right now who really feels like there's a book in them, but they just can't bring themselves to write, what piece of advice would you give them? I would say uh, figure out what it is that's holding you back and bust through it because the world uh, could totally use your message uh, and your light. It's no good if it's all held inside there. Yeah, That's right. The world can use your message and your light. Hashtag Sarah Blanchard, not hashtag Flex Mom, hashtag Flex Mom book. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, that concludes another episode of Book Journeys Radio. Please join me again next week when I speak to another accomplished author who's gone from having an idea for a book to a finished book and out making a difference in the world. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.